0: on into the podcast i'm brett
1: i'm dorian
0: we got some nerd news for you
1: we do we're gonna be talking about that eternal trailer that just came out we're also gonna be talking about zach snyder's idea for our star wars movie god help us all uh joker 2 could potentially be happening maybe maybe not but to kick things off let's talk about Craven the hunter yeah this is a movie that's been uh talked about for a while we've uh Heard rumors, speculation on like, you know, who's going to play Craven, and now we finally have an answer. It's going to be Aaron Taylor Johnson. Which, you know, if you, most people might know him from uh, Age of Ultron, where he played uh, Quicksilver. So,
0: yeah, I mean, uh, not exactly who I thought would might play it. I had a short list of people who I thought might be craven and i didn't even think of aaron taylor johnson yeah it, it's interesting you know obviously it's going to be sony not necessarily marvel so right um <laughs> i saw a meme where it was like it took a uh what's her name cat denning's character from uh uh thor and wandavision and all that and uh it yeah. was like oh my gosh uh Wanda recasts Pietro or whatever like that and it showed because it was like announcing him as Craven. So I'm like, okay. You know, right. obviously I don't think Craven's gonna show up in the MCU, but basically this is interesting. They keep kind of yeah. they're gonna they're going back to the Marvel well. Um I don't know. Yeah. I just feel like there's so many better choices that could have been made. Obviously, me and you are probably synonymously thinking Jason Momoa or someone along those likings, mm-hmm. uh, something yeah. along his likeness, you know, at least like having that, I don't know more. Just I, don't know. Gruff, I don't know. Savage. Gruff, Savage. Like yeah. Savage. Yeah. 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 I don't really know. It's just kind of a weird, I don't know. It's fine, I guess, but he's a lot younger too yeah. than I thought they would cast. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I mean, you know, this is not exactly who I would imagine for a first pick. I mean, you know, some like a Jason Momoa type, heck, even like a Henry Cavill type of guy, you know, I feel like would fill that role very well. Aaron Taylor Johnson's not exactly the first person I would imagine to, you know, uh, to essentially be craving the hunter i mean matter of fact if you told me aaron taylor johnson was going to be cast as spider-man i would probably bl- have an easier time getting behind that than Craven yeah. the hunter here just because that's that's just the type of uh the type of like you know role or kind of guy he is for the most part so so we'll see i mean who knows if uh how this will turn out i mean you know i'll i mean again this is one of those things where Comic book movies are happy to prove us wrong time and time again with their casting. So, we'll see if this turns out to be anything. If n- maybe nothing, we'll we'll find out.
0: Yeah. Well, we got some other Marvel kind of news. Uh the Eternals had a trailer finally that came out. Mm-hmm. We get the Game of Thrones reunion. We get um I can't ever remember uh so Rob Stark is playing some one of the Eternals. I can't remember their their name off the top of yeah, my head. Yeah, neither. But uh, Kit yeah. Harrington is playing. I, I know. I know uh, his real name, but I don't know uh, the other Stark's real name. But anyway, um, so Kit's yeah. playing uh, the Black Knight in this movie, and so, um, yeah, I thought it was a fine trailer. I still really don't know how yeah. I feel. Like there's no tone you can possibly get from it, right? It was one of. The, it was just a teaser. It wasn't like. You know, you know. Sometimes, like with like the Thor Ragnarok, you're like, oh, okay, this is gonna be a, a funnier movie. On some of the, because they threw in some jokes. Right. And stuff. This one did not seem like that at all. And I think you're gonna talk about it, but I wanted to bring this to the forefront because I think there's a huge problem with the Eternals' role in the MCU. Uh, they're yeah. like, because I can't remember the quote. Did you write it down? Oh yeah, we have never intervened until now. Yeah. Or never needed to intervene, I think, is the actual quote, isn't it? We have never needed to intervene. I, in I'm until not now. entirely.
1: I I, I want to. I I don't know if it. I I don't have it right in front of me right now. But I mean, what I remember is like we have never intervened until now. Now I could be misremembering, but.
0: I yeah, think it was a lot. Go ahead I,
1: and finish your train. Of well,
0: yeah, just, just because of how many people are getting on this. Like, I think it was, we've never needed to because, and then you, and then you, I mean, you're going to talk, we'll just talk about it now, but yeah, like snapping half the existence the, the, of everything, you know, like the,
1: the, what, there was a was lot that not, happened in those. Twi- yeah. There was a lot that happened in those 23 movies or so yeah. that, you know, could, you could have warranted an intervention or yeah exactly no like you know so thanos like snapping half the universe out of existence and all that wasn't enough for you guys like you guys had to pretty much wait till like a like a billionaire uh a snarky billionaire to solve your problems essentially and t- take one for the team which yeah. spe- speaking of which i mean clearly you know the MCU has a Stark deficiency. So that's why you got Kit Harrington and, uh, Rob Stark in there here, you know? yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, here's the thing when this movie was announced, I was pretty doubtful about this. I'm like, okay, how's this going to work here? You know? And what is it going to like, how is this going to actually be made interesting? And I still, I still don't have that Question answered for me with this trailer. I mean, I still have my doubts. And, you know, I mean, they did kind of show uh one of the things that I don't have in the show notes and we haven't really talked about, but essentially these, uh you know, th- these Eternals, these, you know, godlike figures, they're essentially hiding in plain sight in like, you know, everyday life on Earth here. So, yeah. So, I mean, I think that could lend itself to like an interesting thing. But the problem is, is like when you have like, something as big as, like, essentially, you know, gods. And not, like, you know, something like Thor and Loki, where, you know, they're essentially, you know, they're, you know, the god of thunder, god of mischief. But, you know, they're considered, like, more on the level of, like, you know, uh, Earth superhero than an actual, like, supreme being type thing here. And these guys are supposed to be more along the lines of supreme beings who've always, you know... Uh, kind of watched over, you know, the universe and all that. And it practically nerfs every other hero in the MCU and makes them feel a lot less uh, significant because of this here. If if this does uh, pan out and these guys are as, you know, omnipotent as it seems that they want us to believe here for the most part here, or at least as far as they're supposed to be.
0: Yeah, to me, it definitely is reminiscent of Greek mythology in that sense of maybe there's these gods, but they can't intervene. There's some kind of pact between them and I don't know the powers that be, the the people above them, basically. I don't right. know how the how that works in the Marvel universe, um, but that it could be something along those lines where they're not supposed to intervene, but they happen to. Um, you know, I don't know. We'll see. Um. Yeah, I don't know. It was a fine trailer. I just, I'm, I don't, just yeah. not high on the Eternals. So, so let's talk about your I mean, boyfriend. It, it just, let's talk about your boyfriend <laughs> Gosh, real quick. Dang it. Uh, <laughs> Gosh dang it! Zack Snyder's at it again. Yeah. I feel like yeah, he just always begins, makes so... his way into our show because you secretly have a, like some kind of man crush on him. Um. I mean, Love and hate are very it, I close. Mean, you know, they, are very close emotions.
1: <laughs> you 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 took the words right out of my mouth here. You know, yeah. Emphasis on the hate.
0: Yeah. So. So yeah. Yeah. Direct. So apparently, Zack Snyder pitched a Star Wars movie to Lucasfilm about a group of Jedi on a mission after Episode Six. So after, uh, Return of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi. So, it would have been like a Seven Samurai style movie, but with Jedi, which I'm like, who, what Jedi would that have been? Luke Skywalker and, you know, like, I don't know. A couple of his students. Uh, So, the pitch was made back in 05 after Revenge of the Sith. And uh, basically, Mm -hmm. Zach said, my idea was just give me the keys and I'll take it for a spin. Uh, The director's still planning on making this movie, just only separate from Star Wars. I don't really know how you bring Jedi in or people with laser swords and people don't go. That's a ripoff of star Wars. Like how are you going to make this movie? I don't know. He's just, he's a weird dude. Yeah.
1: I will. I will say, you know, for all the, all the things that I have to say about Zack Snyder and trust me, there's a lot to be said about him. And I can say he can't dream big. He can dream yeah. really, really big. and, he also has a pretty high opinion of himself. If he thinks he can like, just go ahead and make his own star Wars here and whatnot. I mean, that's, yeah. you know, that's not like, that's not exactly the <laughs> easiest of tasks, but yeah. you know, if I was like, a, if I was like a movie executive or, you know, a studio executive or something like that, Zack Snyder coming up to me and saying, Hey, you know, that, that uh, prized uh, movie franchise, franchise you got over yeah. there. Uh, hey, just let me borrow it for a second. Like, I, I got to borrow it for the weekend. Let me give me the keys to it. Take it for a spin, and I'll I'll bring it back in one piece. Here, that's yeah. that would be terrifying for me to hear as a studio head. And I mean, you know, we saw what he did when he took the keys for a spin when uh with the DC universe, and he wrecked it. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest here,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it took him a four four hour long movie to actually kind of like kind of smooth out like the dents in that wreck. But, uh, no, nah, it's, uh, one of the things that really surprises me is I think Zack Snyder, when he, during this time, I think he only like made like one movie, which was like Dawn of the dead or something like that, which was his like zombie movie or whatever that yes. kind of, started putting it on the radar. But this was before he even like did anything like uh three hundred, like which w- like was the thing I felt like really put him on the map. Watchmen, uh Man of Steel or any of that. So so he's like pretty early on in his career approaching Lucasfilm, asking say, Hey, you know, I know you guys said there's not gonna be
0: any more Star Wars
1: movies, but can you make an exception for me?
0: Yeah. wild hey make your dreams come true you got to have confidence i guess i mean i don't know just
1: just make your dreams come true in a different timeline where i'm not a part (laughs) of it just because you've done enough you've done enough man
0: joker 2 might be happening uh todd phillips the director of joker has been asked or tasked to pen the sequel by wb so Mm -hmm. um this pretty much sounds like it's confirmed that this is going to happen, or at least they're in the early stages, pre-production of it potentially coming yeah. to fruition. Because I mean, he could write a script and they tell him no, but um, right, you know, I think it's Todd Phillips has like a vision for what he wants to do for this next one if he he does it, and if Joaquin is in, sounds like it could be a possibility. I don't think Todd does it without Joaqu- Joaquin, and I don't think Joaquin does it without Todd. No. So, um, right. I'm not really sure what Avenue they would go yeah. with this or what more needs to be explored in this Joker universe. But, um, cause I honestly, yeah. I haven't seen it since I saw it in theaters, but who knows how much of that movie actually happened, uh, in real life. So, yeah, you know, exactly. Um, exactly. It could be one of those inception things where you, you, I don't know. They pull the curtain back even more. Who knows? We'll see. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I, uh maybe i mean and you know um i mean basically here's the thing like if todd phillips is involved which it sounds like at this point he is joaquin phoenix said that he would come back now that being said i think at this point this is like a almost soft confirmation that this movie is announced slash happening because joker made like a billion dollars worldwide i think somewhere around there like a pretty yeah, a lot of money pretty, a lot of money for especially for a rated art movie that's that that ain't chump change yeah. so i think uh i think the fact that you know you have that uh, that precedent that yeah why if you're a studio exec why wouldn't you push for a sequel to you know make more money here at that point yeah you know. I am not entirely sure if I really want this or not, to be honest with you, just because I mean the first movie, it was good for what it was. I mean, you know, essentially taking more of like a look at Joker as, and ask the question, like, what if he was just like some dude that was just really off his meds and just like, he was just some guy who really just struggled with mental health problems and just got pushed over the deep end one day here, you know, which I mean, I do it and you know, but, I mean, that being said, I do have some criticisms about it. I kind of wish it was more of a movie about how a sane person can be driven insane here. Kind of how, you know, that whole idea in the killing joke, how it takes just only one bad day for somebody to absolutely go bonkers here. And like, you know, just become as bad as the Joker did uh, as bad as the Joker is. So Uh, But also, I mean, the movie like itself, like the first one, at least, I mean, we'll see if I have to continue to use that terminology, but uh, it ended in a pretty good spot. You know, it ended with uh, essentially uh, Arthur Fleck, you know, finally accepting like, you know, who he is as like this Joker, this, you know, crazy lunatic here and not not trying to like, you know, uh, be on one side of the fence or another in terms of like being you know, somebody who's well-behaved versus, you know, being like the crazy person he truly is here. And if this movie was to happen, I think honestly, what you need to do is it has to be, you have to have the full fledged Joker out this time instead of like, yeah you know, some not seeing like, you know, the origin of this dude who has mental health problems and mommy issues and stuff like that. The it's gangsta. like, right. We need to see like the, the criminal mastermind type guy, or at least like
0: like a, dera- that.
1: a deranged version of this guy here, because I yeah. mean, we just essentially just got a little bit of a tease in that first movie. And like, you know, and we, you know, it was essentially just like getting to that point, I guess.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what they're going to do, but
1: we'll see what happens. We'll
0: see. Yeah. So JJ Abrams has learned his lesson. He recently inadvertently revealed That Lucasfilm had absolutely no plan when it came to organizing the sequel trilogy. So uh, when it came from writing and directing from movie to movie, there was no continuity spoken of. Like when J.J. started Episode 7, he didn't know how stuff was supposed to end. He just was like, this is a good jumping on point. And then Ryan did his stuff. And then Trevorrow did bailed so then JJ had to kind of wrap it up and figure out what it was gonna be. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, uh, I think
1: uh JJ also did something similar to this uh with Lost as well. Like he 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 would like create like uh plot threads without like without necessarily like having any idea of like where they were actually going and he would pass it off to the other guy to figure it out here, which is just like okay.
0: Yeah. I mean, I kind of get, like, if you're working with different writers and directors, but, you know, with how tight-knit Lucasfilm is, I figured there was a story team, not just like a couple people, and an overall vision for what they wanted, especially with something as big as Star Wars. Uh, It feels like, now it even feels like more of a disservice to the fans that they were just kind of winging it, almost, you know? Yeah,
1: well... well Well, they did. They did have an overall vision, Brett. It was money, (laughs) just pure and simple. And they just they wanted it. It was money and nostalgia, and that's and those two things are very commonly intertwined. So, yeah, it's. uh, I mean, obviously, anybody who has half a brain, you know, watching Force Awakens, Last Jedi, Rise of Skywalker, can tell that okay, there's no really like through connecting line or like, you know, set up or build up to, you know, Palpatine in episode seven, or even in episode eight, or like all these other things that actually come to pass and actually get built up to, I mean, yeah, it's, and, and it, the, the problem was, it was completely unnecessary, like this whole, this whole like disaster of like, of like continuity it was all unnecessary. It could have been avoided here. It wasn't like, you know, like one of the directors died or one of the writers died or something like that, or something happened to the point where they couldn't go with like, you know, original vision or something like that. They had all the resources available to do them and they just decided not to do it just because reasons beyond my comprehension. And, you know, again, it still baffles me to this day when you have Disney, which owns the MCU that has made its success on planning like decades down the road, essentially, in terms of like you know where like where they want to be, what characters they want to include, how they want things to go, and all that. And at the end of that, you come out with Infinity War, like one of the highest grossing movies of all time and one of the most beloved superhero movies all the time. So I just don't understand like where where the disconnect is when you have like literally like a comp you own a company or a studio that is having success doing
0: this i don't know it's (laughs) it'd be interesting maybe a book will come out someday of like here's what happened at lucasfilm during this time uh kidding so i don't know Gosh. But uh, to continue the bad news, I mean, I don't really, I'm not a Powerpuff Girl person, but yeah, Powerpuff Girls isn't looking to get So, live action CD, CD or CW adaptation uh, is getting its pilot episode completely completely reshot. The CEO of the CW said the, it was just it was a miss. Um, so, said, and then the other quote is, "You learn things and you test things out. In this case, we felt let's take a step back and go back to the drawing board." Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah,
1: I mean, what, what, what did we expect? Honestly, like this, this show is only going to be so good. I mean, and the fact that this is already like fumbling out the gate before it even, uh, has gone, gone on air yet here doesn't speak, uh, to high confidence here.
0: No, not at all. Uh, but but high confidence we're talking uh someone with very high confidence and that yeah. is Cobra Kai's Terry silver so or karate Kid three's Terry silver but uh there was a teaser for the next Cobra Kai season and Terry silver is all is gonna be a part of it they pretty much threw down they put out um playing audio from karate Kid 3 and it, was it a silhouette I can't remember I, I didn't see I just heard I just uh, listened to it
1: it was essentially it was like kind of a mixture of both. It was like, just like his back facing the yeah. camera. And then like, like towards the end, you kind of turn around and kind of see a little bit of what he looks like. Just like a side view of yeah. like what the actor looks like nowadays.
0: So, yeah, I'm guessing crease is going to be bringing in Terry silver to help him out to win the uh, all Valley. Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll see what happens, but I, we got to be, be at least a year and a half out. Like we're not, we're not close.
1: I mean, it you that that's that's kind of one of the things that I'm kind of I'm kind of questioning on just because Cobra Kai season 3 I want to say started filming or at least like started production shortly after season 2. Yeah. And you had uh you had uh what was it? Uh you had season 3 essentially be delayed for like almost half a year because because they got bought uh, by netflix right they got bought by netflix netflix premiered it on uh you know netflix and then that blew up and then ultimately that led to uh you know them finally uh going on season three so i mean season season four could be it could be down. closer
0: than we think yeah it
1: could be because i mean you remember when the first trailer for uh Uh, season three came out. They said season four now in trade, uh, now in training. So, yeah. So, I mean, they, they could have, uh, already been like starting production like last year. True. I would imagine. So
0: maybe next spring we get it. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, switch pro is potentially coming out. We've been talking about this for a while. It looks like September might be the time. Uh, According to Bloomberg, this new model may get announced before E3. Allegedly, Nintendo is starting assembly for the new model as soon as July and could be released in September or October. The new model is also intended to phase out the the original Switch and be sold along with the Switch Lite, which, I mean, I guess that kind of makes sense if you're trying to really push people towards the Pro model. But the Switch Lite doesn't do like, yeah. There can't be like a Switch Pro it, it, and a Switch Lite. That doesn't make sense. There has yeah. to be something in between. So yeah. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't buy that. But um,
1: yeah, I mean, um, unless like what they're doing, because like they're not planning on like making it a big price increase f- compared to the original Switch. Like let's say, for example, they like go I don't know like three fifty for for the the switch pro the switch or pro. the super switch or what or or, or you know the switch 64 you know uh,
0: I like that
1: yeah right so uh that being said it's like so maybe like it might be a little bit of a price hike but like at the same time they'll like the the ones that are the switches like the original model that are still out there in the wild like they could be uh they could be uh you know, essentially just getting a price drop, and then like you know, eventually just kind of phase those ones out in favor of the Switch Pro and stuff like. I mean,
0: that. this is nothing new for Nintendo; they do this all the time. So
1: they do, and I mean, um, they they yeah. honestly do. And I mean, I I think if I remember correctly, I want to say that uh, essentially the the DS, like the original like model and all that, that was kind of like almost like polygonal shaped. Uh, and whatnot yeah
0: it yeah. was the the fat gray one the, yeah. the silver and gray yeah
1: yeah yeah i i want to say like after the switch or the the ds light came out that pretty much uh was gone. yeah yeah pretty much was gone and re- was replaced by you know the switch uh the ds light so i think uh you could this could be a kind of a similar similar situation where they'll start out you know being pricier and then like you know the original model will just essentially s- stop getting manufactured manufact- and then like just ev- you know eventually phase out but i'm just uh you know the, the for one bloomberg just seems to have like they got just all the, the news they have the inside man on nintendo when it comes to like this new switch uh switch pro thing here or something yeah. like that but this thing has to be announced soon because right now it's Obviously, being shown that it's too big of a secret to hide. I mean, every everybody is talking about it. Every like, there's it's 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 got more leaks than a sinking ship at this point.
0: Yeah, pretty much. Um, so this week, Sonic had kind of a little mini direct video, which was basically trash, trash except uh, the tease of a new game. Uh, yeah. They also re- like announced that Sonic Colors was coming to this to the switch or the ps4 i think yeah and so i was like whatever i never even played that game um
1: yeah i i hear that one's actually actually not bad compared to like you know uh some of the more modern sonic games so i don't know Maybe, maybe check it out maybe don't i i personally haven't played it so i can't speak from experience but but i mean if it if it's uh if it's any indication, if it's getting a remaster, that might speak to something just because I'm not seeing Sonic Unleashed or Sonic 06 get remastered. And those games were terrible. So,
0: yeah. uh, Daylight 2 is uh, well, still alive.
1: Well, Dying Light 2.
0: Sorry. Dying Light 2. Yeah. Uh, Daylight. I mean, I'm, I don't know. Day, man. Uh, <laughs> Dying Light 2 is still alive. So it's going to come over, co- uh, come out. December 7th, 2021, and we'll still have uh, the parkour. <laughs> I don't know anything about this game, so it's going to uh, have uh, a, uh, a, uh, a parkour uh, mechanic and then a day and night mechanic. I,
1: so let, uh, let, I could take it over from here if you if you want. Yeah, that's here, fine. Right? So, I mean, essentially, for those of you who don't know, Dying Light was a game that I, I want to say was released 2014 somewhere around there uh kind of an early like a xbox one playstation 4 game basically what it was is like you're just dropped into a city that has a bunch of zombies in it and you're just trying to like essentially survive the zombie apocalypse in this city and you learn you have like you do parkour you have like you know melee and guns and um essentially uh one of the things that um Uh, made made this game unique is like you know the day and night cycle and so what it was is like when it became nighttime the zombies would get a lot stronger and they would uh and they would become a lot more dangerous so you have to choose like okay do i stay out at night get better rewards get better xp for fighting these zombies that are like kind of super powered right now or do i shelter in place Mm. or find like a safe house to uh make sure that Hmm. you know i don't you know, die essentially. So, so it was a pretty cool. It was a pretty cool game. I was, I actually really enjoyed it. I mean, it had like a really cool co-op uh, feature. I mean, you could basically play the whole game co-op here. So it was, it was pretty fun. Um, and this game, it was announced like E three two thousand eighteen, and we've only gotten like very little information slash updates uh, about it. And up up to this point. We didn't know what was going on with it. And so I'm honestly that we actually got something out of this just because I was figuring this game was canceled. So I'm really hoping that they keep the co-op and chances are I might pick it up. We'll see.
0: Sweet. Yeah. Um, so the game we both played was Horizon on the PS4. Yep. And so the sequel just got uh, kind of a showed off, I guess, for the first time with gameplay demo and all that stuff. So uh the new game is called Forbidden West. And so uh tell us a little bit about that cuz I didn't get to actually see the the demo or anything like that.
1: Sure. So um uh, it was like about I want to say a 12 15 minute demo. So it's you know pretty pretty decent size. I mean, I guess um uh, this is kind of like what Sony is doing in lieu of E3 just because they're not participating in E3 just like they have for the past couple of years. Uh graphically it looked great. I mean, like it, it was basically kind of showing like kind of the bay area of san francisco uh, d- very colorful a lot of colors uh and the combat seems to be pretty similar to the first horizon with you know a little some added bells and whistles to it uh and it seems to have more traversal and mobility options than the first game had like more like kind of grappling hook stuff uh you have a glider now so wonder so where Breath they got the wild. wonder where they got that one from so
0: yeah
1: um and so i mean and you know they, they showed like this uh, this uh essentially uh, like i guess boss fight of aloy taking down like a, a robot mammoth type creature or whatever so i mean game looks good um still no release date announced which i'm kind of surprised by because this was one of the ones i was targeted for this year on the PS5 and I think also PS4 release so so it's kind of weird that you know if you're gonna be showing off a in-depth demo and not have a release date that doesn't seem like uh, that doesn't seem very promising that this game's coming out this year.
0: yeah yeah, it'll probably be like 10 years from now we'll see probably uh, So uh, E3 is on its way June 12th what do we want what do we need? Yeah, uh, For me, it's big Nintendo titles, you know, um, I would say Breath of the Wild 2, Mario Kart 9, um, yeah. Elder Scrolls trailer, don't even need to, re- you know, announce the game, new Bioshock, potentially, yeah. Um. you know, there's, there's probably a few others, but I'd say there's my the big ones I want to see or hear about, at least uh, yeah. for this E3.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, right there with you, Breath of the Wild too. I I definitely think we will probably see something this E three, just because if Nintendo's going to E three this year, I feel like, you know, especially like this year, they could have had the option just to sit out, especially you know when you got they didn't really do anything last year in lieu of E three, and you know Sony's been sitting out E three for a couple years, so it wouldn't be that surprising if they did do that but i feel like (sighs) the fact that they're coming to e3 means that they they got something to show and i mean you know they have to they also have to show a game that pairs up well with the switch pro and i think that's going to be breath of the wild too yeah um can we please 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 get you know a trailer something you know for metroid prime 4 you know i mean Like cinematic trailer, like it doesn't even have to be gameplay. I would, I would be okay with that here, you know? Yeah. And can we also get that 2d Metroid that was supposed to come out last year and it didn't, and it hasn't been officially announced, but I kind of want it and all that. But, uh, but you know, in terms of, uh, other Nintendo things I want to see, I wouldn't mind seeing, uh, star Fox making a comeback. I mean, star Fox zero just Starlink. Yeah, I mean can <laughs> we just get like a full-on Star Fox game Star, because yeah. Because uh Star Fox 0 like on the Wii U just didn't really do it for me. It was just kind of like it was kind of like, you know, it was just there for the most part, but but uh and going into like, you know, games that I think, you know, we do have a good potential to see, I think Elden Ring is one. So the next, you know, Dark Soul guys' is game. So I think I think that's a strong possibility. I think the Resident Evil Four remake that we've been hearing about. I think that's a strong possibility as well. God of War Ragnarok, I think could be a strong possibility. I mean, yeah. hard to say. I mean, we haven't really gotten like a, too much other than like an announcement and a teaser for that game, but. We'll see. I mean, I feel like it's, you know, like it's probably a good bet that it might be coming out next year. Hard to say. Yeah. Um, just my out there wants and wishes. Bloodborne 2, you know, I would, I'd be over the moon for that.
0: But it's a good one. It's a good game. It's a, it's
1: a it's a good one. It's a good yeah. one. But yeah.
0: Well, that's it for our nerd news. Uh, we're going to talk roundtable review for a little bit.
1: So. We're talking Last Ronin, number three. You've read it, yeah. I haven't. If you yes. haven't read it, just turn off the video, or just don't care, or yeah,
0: turn off the podcast. I won't, I won't get just... too deep into spoilers, so yeah. But we're gonna uh, we're I'll, gonna yeah. dabble. We're gonna dabble just a little bit, yeah. So yeah, Last Ronin. For those of you who don't know, it's a um, you know futuristic story of the Ninja Turtles, where there's one lone Ninja Turtle left, hence Last Ronin, and that being Michelangelo um and so this this issue heavily revolves around giving backstory to how they how basically they got to the point they do in the future because it kind of hops between a couple different time frames you got the futuristic last Ronin and then you right now uh you have like this jump back to basically uh how did th- how did the brothers all die in Master Splinter how did all those guys die and so in the last uh, issue we got and, and uh, sorry number two uh how Raphael died and he basically took karai down with him uh, you find out karai is basically she's not dead but she's not alive like she's she's like comatose basically um and so uh her son is like the main villain right now and you know once he becomes the leader of the the foot clan basically he wants to go and take care of the turtles So he teams up with Baxter Stockman uh, and basically um, the turtles have like a robot companion. I don't really know much about him. Uh, I'm sure he's deep in the Ninja Turtle lore, but I don't really know too much about him. And uh, so it's just about the turtles kind of trying to escape the sewers because they found they they basically started to be able to track this robot who he thought he was was kind of off the grid. And so uh, Donatello and him and. Master Splinter, Michelangelo, Leonardo, Casey Jones, April O'Neil—they're all in the sewers, uh, and they're kind of in teams. And it looks like they've recruited like actual like people to fight with them. Like they have—they uh, call them stri- Casey called them strikers, I think—is what he called them. Uh, and in this episode, this uh, issue, basically, you kind of see the demise and sacrifice of Casey Jones and Leonardo, um, which is you know, it was, it was fine. I don't, basically they died in an explosion and um, I don't know. I, I just read it as of filming this today. So I don't know how I feel about it too much. I think it's kind of a, it's kind of, I think the only way really that, um, Leonardo and Casey Jones go out in that scenario. But, um, Basically, Michelangelo was near the explosion and got thrown like a couple blocks away. Um, you know, he's in the rubble. Uh, it kind of goes on like, "Hey, what happened right after that?" You know, basically, he went back into the sewers. He figured everyone was dead because uh, he barely made it out, uh, and then grabbed a bunch of weapons, which you know, those are all the weapons he has now as the last Ronin, and flew off to Japan, basically. And so that was like kind of his story. And then uh, April had to get a robotic leg and arm because she lost those in the explosion. It kind of goes through her little thing. Uh, they still have the the brain of this robot that was part of it, that Baxter Stockman basically blew up everything because a robot wouldn't, wouldn't come back. And I, I don't know why it's so important, but it is. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was a good issue. Here's the deal though. Like this isn't as strong in my opinion as the first two, it's still really good. Excuse me. But they need to make a movie of this and it needs to be whatever they want it to be because I feel like I'm watching a movie each each issue that comes out. And we're waiting about a month or two between issues, um, but I'm really interested once all these come out, which I think there's five of them or six of them maybe, um, and we're on three. And I'm interested to see how it all kind of comes together because it's different reading each issue as it as it comes out because you have a couple months between. But reading them all together, I think will be mm-hmm. really interesting. Um, and if you're not already on yeah, this, yeah, more co-
1: more cohesive.
0: Yeah, if you're not already on this, I, I, if you like Ninja Turtles at all, I would say jump on it. Um, the next issue that comes out it looks like it's focusing around Splinter and Donatello, um, and kind of maybe how they, because he's the last brother that needs to basically die in order for Michelangelo to be the last Ronin. So um yeah uh i'm excited something else that I, re- I just want to touch on briefly if you're not on something is killing the children right now either like you need to be because uh they just finished their main other with issue 15 they finished an arc uh and they're this is like this last issue issue 16 we've had a couple month break before this one come out came out but it's kind of the backstory of erica the care the erica slaughter in uh she's like the main character of the story and so you get into how she became who she is basically and i think this next little arc's going to be about her and then the, she's going to we're going to go back to the normal time frame and see uh the next town she's going to be on to to fight some some monsters so uh good stuff though always a good read i've never read a bad issue of this are you caught up or no are you still on 10 or nah, I don't I'm a, issue I'm a, 12 maybe yeah,
1: I, I think it's uh I think it's 12 if I'm not mistaken somewhere somewhere around there I want to say it's
0: 12 so okay
1: yeah, yeah. no I, I'm 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 behind but
0: gotcha yeah super good but anyway that's all we got uh thank you guys for listening we greatly appreciate it check us out on all our social medias uh have an awesome week Remember to tell someone about this podcast if you haven't. And uh, remember, everyone's heard about something.